honestly. to see when I press record because I always feel like we're going to be completely off with saying hi. I just go by <laughs> My the weird face that you're like making. I'm like, you're inhaling. It's time to say <gasps> hi. And it is. It was. That time has come and gone. Goodbye. Welcome back <laughs> to Honestly, a podcast with Zoe and Logan. That was Zoe. And that was Logan. And we are back <laughs> with another episode of Honestly, Honestly a, a podcast. podcast with Zoe and Logan. What if the whole thing, the whole hour plus was just us going back and forth? I think it should be. I mean, can people even tell the difference? No. <laughs> They're like, they, they went over some really serious Whoa. stuff today. Oh. Excuse me, laptop. We love that sound effect. How dare you? How are you? Um, I'm okay. <laughs> um, I'm doing my eyes just keep watering profusely, but we're gonna get through we're, it. We're struggling, we're gonna, but living our best life. No, gonna, we're we're living a life, <laughs> a life that sometimes is okay. We're doing our best. That's and that's all you can expect from us. Exactly, is we come out here every week. <laughs> And do our best. Our darndest. Be best, as some Be would say. Be best. Anyway, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> I had... A big inhale. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I had a bit of an existential crisis this afternoon. Ooh, okay. Because Facebook told me that I've been on Facebook for 11 years. I got that notification and earlier like, this year. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just a deep... Wow. wow. But I'm glad, like, all my flashback photos were just from, like, I don't know, like, not even that long ago because I deleted a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, good. I can't be too reminded yeah. of the troll I once was. Yeah, I, there's nothing on face on my Facebook, at least, prior to 2012. Yeah, Which I even think that's, that's yeah. I mean, a bit old. I should it's really dicey. Delete. I mean, you know, it wasn't the best time. Um, so I'm very grateful that I had the <laughs> forethought to go in and delete all of that yeah. embarrassing nonsense. I just, like, opened Facebook and I was like, oh, didn't need to see that. <laughs> that it's been 11 years. 11 years. That's too long to have anything, really. It's just weird that we've had Facebook for that long. Yeah. Like, and that was, like, back in the day where, like, you had to be, what, over 16 or 18 to be on Facebook. And so it's like everybody was just, like, lying about their age. And everybody's, like, 56 years old because people couldn't do math. Um, Oh, God. That's so true. You would just put it, like, as far away as possible. It's like, congrats, you're 100. (laughs) They're like, what's a date that would be believable? 1974? (laughs) Yep. Uh, 
That's so real. I'm still finding too every once in a while I'll be like scrolling through Facebook and find one of those stupid pages that you liked oh, when you were like yeah. first got Facebook where it's like randomly saying I'm so random XD. <laughs> and it's like, why did I like that? I was just transported back in time. Right? It's just. And I feel sick. It's a lot. Like, I must ask you a question. Like, those kind of pages. You're like, why? Why did you allow me to, to do be this? like that? But it's like we were all like I know. that. Yeah, I unliked all those pages a long time ago. See, I thought that I had, but then I'll find them. They'll just pop so up. Funny. Uh, what I will get is when Facebook does the on this day oh, yeah. thing, which is I love it so much. It's really funny. Um, but when you click on like see more memories, and it'll show you like a post yeah. that some or like a wall post from like eight years ago yeah. and you're like delete delete delete, and it's horrifying yeah like I had one it wasn't something that I said it was something that a friend of mine at the time said and clearly it was like I had been at a cottage and she just in all caps typed how's the cotty <laughs> with like a million extra letters and I was like Ooh. oh my god I've, like, went on those day things, too, will pop up where it will just be, like, a profile picture that I had, and then, like, a bunch of people will have, like, tagged themselves in different parts of my face. Why was that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. It was very weird. Yeah, I... So weird. I don't have any of my old Facebook profile pictures. I got rid of all of those. Sorry, I, like, almost threw up. <laughs> Thinking about it, Ooh. same. It's revolting. Same. Uh, yeah, Facebook was, like, a really weird time when we were, like, first on it. And it's, like, everybody's, like, my wifey. And then it's, like, you were always, yeah. like, married like, to your best friend. Like, owned by up, wifey. Which is, it's, like, your eyeball. Yeah. It's, like, why? And it was just, like, and people would always, like, change their last name to something that wasn't their oh, last name. Yeah. There would be a lot of, like, weird symbols in it, too. Oh, yeah. We love a weird symbol. Or, like, Elizabeth Cookie Monster, whatever last name. Like, you know, like, yeah. that oh, kind I of know. thing. I know. Oh, what a time. It was a time. It was, certainly was. <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah. That's um, what I would say about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would not recommend. No. And now it's like, I don't even really use Facebook anymore. Like, I haven't posted a picture on there in God no. knows how long. I don't update my I mean, status. I think my Facebook profile picture is literally from forever ago. Why did I open Twitter? See, like, that's how little I use Facebook. It's like, I go on Facebook a few times a day to, like, check if I have notifications. And yeah. it's usually just some, like, from a group that I'm in that I yeah. don't really care about. But it's like... I've had Facebook for so long, like, 11 years. Like, that's a big chunk of yeah. my life. And I just feel like it's so intrinsically a part of who I am now. Yeah, it's, that like, part of my day. It's it like, would be, like, up. it would be, like, cutting off a finger, yeah. you know? It's, like, I could leave with, 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 with. Yeah. really ruined my good little <laughs> analogy that I was going to no. do. It's, like, I could, could live without it. But it would just be weird. It would be weird. It would take a while to get used to. Yeah. But eventually I'd carry on yeah. and be able to live life normally. Exactly. Without my finger. Exactly. Facebook. It's like a finger. It is. There you go, Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. 2016 was Whoa. my last profile picture. Girl. That's two years ago. That is. She's not a selfie queen. But you are. No. It's your true that uh, is, identity. That is no longer. No, Magic. no. 
the rise and like, fall. I know. It was like a period of time where I was like, selfie, selfie. And now I'm like, nope. No, ma'am. <laughs> no fee. Not. <laughs> no fees. <laughs> you heard it here first. It's the new trend. A slang. It's where <laughs> you don't the nation. take selfies. <laughs> no fee. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe it's time to move on to a different topic. I guess, if we must. Where do you want to start? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, this week has been oh, terrible. The worst it probably a week could be. It, I mean, like, it was definitely up there in terms of, like, yeah. being bad. Yeah. Not great, Bob. Yeah. It was just a lot of, a lot of different. Just a lot of things. Uh, let's just make noises yeah i just think that to kind avoid of, talking about the week i think that kind of explains it um i mean like i don't want to get like too much into yeah. like, downer territory here but like but i feel like things we can't have just not yeah. acknowledge it you yeah. know um there was here in Toronto and a neighborhood very close and somewhere where we, I would say, frequent even, like, I grown would, up on. I um, would agree with those statements, yes. There was a mass shooting. Now, um, um, before we carry on with that, I just want to say mass shootings is not a term no. that has been associated with our city, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So, like, this is not the States. This is not where something like this happens, like, every goddamn week. Yeah. Like, this is, like, this is very unusual. This is very unusual and very, very close to home. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> like, just, like uh, yeah, it's so, it's just, too, it's, like, too much. It's a lot. This so like basically this year and the summer in particular has been really bad for gun violence in, in the Toronto, city of Toronto. Yeah. Um, like we're at the end of July and already like the total number of like deaths due to gun violence is higher than it has been like the annual total for like the past years. Yeah, it's really something that's like completely like you turn on the news mm-hmm. and it's like three two to three stories back to back about shootings in various parts of Toronto. And it's so, like, just part of the day now. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, one here. Oh, one also there. Like, Yeah, so it's just become, like, it's been really, like, scary because it's just, like, it's been happening with more and more, like, frequency, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where when it happens close to home, it's a lot harder to ignore. Yeah. And... I know, like, it's just one of those things where it's, like, if something happens in, like, a nicer neighborhood or a yeah. more affluent neighborhood, people are more likely to pay attention and be upset about it. Yeah. And I get that because, and, like, it, because, like, let's be honest, a lot of the shootings that have happened this year are in lower income yeah. neighborhoods and a lot of it is, you know, community suspected. Housing. Yeah, like community housing and a lot of it's like suspected like gang violence and yeah. stuff like that. And so a lot of times people hear that and as soon as they hear that it's gang related, they're like, okay, well that doesn't affect yeah. me and my white little yeah. neighborhood that I live yeah. in. So I think the Danforth shooting really like shook everyone because 
it was like, oh, like this, this can happen in my neighborhood. Like, oh, I don't think so. Um, And so I mean, like, I think it's important to be concerned anytime there's gun violence in a neighborhood, because as somebody on Twitter said, like, every neighborhood is a family neighborhood. Like, and that was one of the things that people kept saying. They're like, oh, Danbury's like, you know, it's like a community. And yeah. It's, like, it's a neighborhood full families of families. Families were outside. And, and it's like, yeah, they are everywhere. Like, there are families in Scarborough. There are families at Jane and Finch. Like, Park. There are families everywhere yeah. where this violence happens on a more frequent basis. And people are a lot less concerned about it because they are low income. Yeah. They are not white. Yeah. Et cetera. Um, but I mean, like, with that being said... It is extremely hard to come to terms with the fact that this happened so close to Zoe's home, for example. And like she said, a neighborhood that her and I are in frequently. Yeah. Um, And it's like a place where one of the people was actually killed is somewhere that like we have gone all the time. It's just like. Even, like, on the way home from somewhere else, you're like, oh, do you want to go to, like, Dimitri's? Yeah. Like, it's just somewhere that you go, and it's weird. Because it's weird to see it and be like, there's no reason that, like, either of us wouldn't have been, been there. there. Yeah, like, yeah. down there. Like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it really takes, like, I and I hate when people oh, I know. are yeah. like, oh, it could have been me. Like, it's uh, like, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I saw, like, a lot of people doing that on social media. They're like, oh, my God, like, it could have been me, you yeah. know? And it's like, yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been me. Um, But it wasn't. It wasn't, yeah. And you need to be extremely grateful for that. Yeah. Obviously, it's, like, really, like, surreal to, like, look at that and be like, holy shit, like, it could have been me. Yeah. But it's like, now is not the time to be, like, going around saying that. It's because people like to make it about themselves in that moment. Because it's, like, yes. a giant tragedy. And there's so much, like, national attention coming to it. Because it's, like, like you said, it's Toronto mass shooting. You don't hear that frequently at all. No. And, like, so it's getting so much attention. So people are, like, yeah, I'm very impacted by that because I could have been there. It's, like, yeah, like, anyone could have been there. Yeah. It's just very weird to turn on the TV and see, like, all this, like, yeah. It's, going on in places that you have been so many times before mm, you're just like whoa it's very true like people love to insert themselves in tragedy yeah like people love to have like some sort of yeah. connection to like it. that lady the 9-11 lady yeah. who said that she was there when it was like her fiance or something was actually mm. there but she was never anywhere near yeah. the twin Towers. that's a netflix documentary yeah um the, the woman, woman who, who wasn't there, there. Yeah. just on a sidebar um yeah so it's uh it's really weird and it's been really surreal to drive along Danforth in the days since then and it's upsetting but um the shooter like was found dead Mm -hmm. two stores down from where my sister has worked for like 21 years so now like every day since then there's people coming into the store who like want to have a conversation with her and she's like this is a lot like I I don't want to talk I just want to like do my job and like not like people are coming into me like did you hear that they found him, like, two doors down from here? Like, being, like, excited about it in a weird way. And it's like, can you all not? I was thinking it's like that. Like, if people are inserting themselves into it, they have, like, this morbid, like, curiosity. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, like, what's your connection to it? Like, that's so weird. We both like true crime. So, Mm -hmm. like, I I get that to an extent. But when it's, like, so fresh and it's, like, something that's still, like, 
ongoing investigation yeah. stuff like maybe take a seat and it's like <laughs> I, and it's like i would never ask somebody who was potentially involved no or like yeah even just somebody who like works in the area as your sister does like that would be extremely jarring to have to like come into work the yeah. following day or whatever and be like oh my god yeah like, there's like reporters in yeah. the store and like it's just i know you're doing a job at the same time but it's like have some tact, I yeah, guess. Exactly. Like, I um, yeah, it's just uh it's one of those things where it's like really fucked up. Yeah. And but it's like I don't feel like I have a reason to be upset. Yeah. You know, because it's like I wasn't affected, but it's yeah. like I'm still upset because yeah. like I don't know, it's just like it's weird when something happens where it's like you aren't affected, like I'm thank God, I'm fine, yeah. everyone I know is fine, but it's like it's like I still am upset and it's like hard to process yeah. but then it's like well I don't have a reason to be upset yeah you know I get it I get it 100% because like yeah I wasn't there but I also live like very close <laughs> and I'm there often yeah and like I said my sister works there so I was like oh my god but like none of us were there like it's that's the that's, thing but it's hard to like grapple that with like just yeah. the constant no absolutely like, oh this is horrific and terrible and then, yeah of course you have all these like racists coming out of the woodwork now yeah like as soon as i found out like more about the yeah. shooter i was just like and here we go, here we go. Yeah. like let's start this whole dialogue again about you know like brown people are bad it's and... just it's very overwhelming because it's like white people are the first people in the world to if you say white people always don't season their something like minimum yeah <laughs> like the least bit offensive you could possibly be yeah will be the first people to be like not all white people oh yeah not all but as soon as something happens like a muslim person does anything they're like well they're what like, are you see? gonna do see there you told go told you yeah. it's like what no stop i saw a tweet i don't remember i should have screenshot it and been prepared but hey <laughs> like we mentioned when it's we honestly ever... a podcast we yeah. don't do that but someone was like, yes, the shooter was Muslim. You know who else was Muslim? The doctor at the hospital who performed all the life-saving surgeries on all the people who have made it. And the guy who, like, the cafe worker at Dimitri's who, like, held the person and, like, tried to keep her alive. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah. some yeah. people are shitty and some people are good. And that's just, <laughs> like, like, there's <laughs> a bell. It's not a hard concept. But it's, like, literally the simplest thing to try to understand is yeah. that, like, you cannot make like these sweeping assumptions no. based on somebody's skin color. Like it's just it's exhausting. Because if and you're going not, to do yeah. that, then you should be a lot more concerned about white people. Yeah, because look at like all mass shootings in the history of forever. White people love to go in somewhere and shoot yep. it up. Like it's just we don't see a lot of people being like, oh, "What a Holocaust!" Yeah, a white person. Like just. Ugh. Anyway, it's frustrating, it's, and that's yeah. just—it's that's how we kicked off this week. Yeah. So I that mean, was, like, what a what a way to just really yeah ring in a new week is with a horrible tragedy. Yeah. Very close to it's home. Great. It's so much fun. Amazing. <sighs> what else happened this week? Uh, Demi Lovato was oh, hospitalized yes. for an overdose. Yeah. Um, which brought out speaking of people having bad takes on yeah. things. Um, you have the school of people who are like 
very like faux concerns mm-hmm. where they're like oh my god addiction yeah. is a real struggle but yeah. then they're the type of people that would turn around and be like did you see that crackhead like because i saw um perez hilton oh, like did. tweeted out to demi and was like i hope you're doing well like our thoughts and prayers are with you mm-hmm. like love you girly or something like ridiculous like that yeah. and it's like He's the first person to, like, capitalize off of any person's kind of, like, fall of any kind. Like, you could see her, like, smoking outside and be like, Demi Lovato's a chain smoker now? Like, look at these pics of her. That's literally what he based his so-called career on. Yeah. I'm amazed that he is even still a person. Yeah. Like, I, like, you just said Perez Hilton, and that just, like, took me back. Yeah. Wow, amazing that you are still relevant enough for people to see you on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's like you have those people who are like so like performatively being concerned. Yeah. And they're like, you know, addiction is a real struggle and we really need to like be kind to these people. Yeah. And it's like, you don't care. No. You're just trying to get a pat on the back from people. Yeah. And then you also have those people who are like, oh my God, like addiction, like that's so typical of her. And it's yeah. just like. Or like celebrities and their drug addictions like what do you have to be upset exactly about? like those people yeah and then i also saw people who were like talking about who's that guy who we just talked about recently who's like terrible and he died what's his name he's terrible and he died, and he died. oh Rapper. xxx Him, i can't ever remember him they're like oh so when he died you're gonna mock him but when demi lovato overdoses and is in hospital you're gonna send your thoughts and prayers how two-faced of you know it's like no one of them's a terrible person the other yeah. is just struggling a little bit i saw like, that tweet and the person was like demi lovato never beat up her pregnant girlfriend yeah. or like gay bashed anyone yeah. so <laughs> like mm, not really the same like that's the thing like zoe and i are not demi lovato no. fans by any way shape or form but i applaud her for you know, she's been yeah. very open about her struggles with addiction and mental illness and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's incredibly impressive that she had been yeah. sober for six years. Yeah. Like, that is not That's easy. the thing. Like, I've seen so many people kind of, like, throwing that to the wayside, too, where they're like, oh, well, like, look at her, like, threw that all away. And, like, oh, like, we knew it. Like, whatever. Like, just, like, making weird comments where it's, like, kind of, like, being disappointed. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, it's sad and it's disappointing that that happened, but it six years is a huge accomplishment That's in a long itself. Time. And I think like obviously people who are like had that mentality have never like experienced addiction or like have known anyone who yeah. experienced addiction. But it's like that is not an easy road. It's basically like you have to wake up every no. day and make this decision mm-hmm. that like you're not gonna like backslide. And so yeah, six years is a long time. But if you're looking at it like, oh, well, she just threw it all away like that. Like, that is not going to help her going forward. Like, it's unfortunate and I feel bad because she put six years of work into being sober. But that doesn't mean she can't achieve that again and be sober for longer. Exactly. Like, it's all People relapse. That's a part of recovery in anything. Well, it's like, what's that? That that thing where quitting smoking, it takes at least nine times Mm. before it sticks. Like, that's just smoking. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine something that literally changes the chemistry of your brain. Like, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And she just has to, like, 
push through it and try again and exactly get so, more supports and that's the thing. things like, in place. I just hope she has a good support system that will help her in her road to recovery because that was really scary. Like I was on Twitter and it was just like yeah. she'd been hospitalized and I was like, oh my god, like she's so young. Um, and I mean, like, not that it, you know, is better at any age, but it's just, like, you want her to be okay. Yeah. And I just, like, I felt so bad for her when all this news was coming out. Because I was like, first of all, I can't imagine going through that publicly. <laughs> just, just, like, in, in general. general. Yeah. And then also having to wake up from this, like, traumatic event and turn on your phone and just see that literally everyone's talking about yeah. it and everyone has a hot take about your struggle that you're going through. That's like, it's the just... thing. Like, I think a lot of, like, ordinary people, so to speak, kind of, like, you have the privilege of going through hard times in private. private. Yeah. But celebrities don't. And yes, you can say, well, they chose to be in the spotlight. And I agree with that to a certain extent. But I do think when it comes to times like that in people's lives, I don't care how famous you are you deserve privacy. Yeah, you're a person. Like, yeah. Like, and it's, like, another thing with that, like, the same, like, Perez Hilton mm-hmm. kind of vein, TMZ oh, reported that it was heroin right off the belt without having any information to back that up whatsoever. And then it came out after it's, like, announced that she's stable and is, like, with family and recovering, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was, like, it wasn't actually heroin Our bad. Like, that's a... You can't do that. That's just like, straight-up irresponsible journalism, and they could be sued. Yeah, I hope they are. But, sure, go off, TMZ. Who needs facts? Oh, my God. Yikes at everything. Yikes, indeed. T-V. H. 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 Fight. Oh, did you see? This is unrelated to anything. Um, Nikki Tutorials. No. no. The YouTuber. Oh, I know who she is. Um, she said that she's not going to be reviewing the Beauty Blender Foundation mm-hmm. until they come out with uh, more skin ranges. Okay. Like, and people were getting very upset with her about that because she's had her own, like, scandals. If you will. If you will. And they, I thought, like, I was, like watching her talk about this and I was like part of me was annoyed at first because I was like really like you're the last person to be talking about this but then she made that point herself and was like I know that I am the last person who should be talking about this Mm -hmm. but like I was told what I was doing was not appropriate Mm -hmm. and I know that I have this platform and Mm -hmm. so I'm going to use it to like try to right any kind of like wrong Amen, and sister. that was the stance that she was taking. It was because of all this stuff that she had done. Mm-hmm. She was not going to review this foundation, which sure. was like a big deal for them because like a, most of their yeah, no, like, absolutely coverage comes from YouTubers. Mm-hmm. So she's like not going to review it until they release more Jeez. range. Yeah, I was like, that's good. good I respect that. I mean, right. like again, it kind of goes back to that idea that it's like if somebody does something problematic in the past, people are like, well, that's just who they are. Like yeah. they can never change, and it's like. I think it says a lot that she, you know, maybe was problematic in the past, but has clearly learned from it. People yeah. have educated her. Um, and she's decided, yes, I am going to use my platform to yeah. make my opinion heard and not support this brand or this product that yeah. is not catering towards a large enough group of people and exactly. skin tones. Like, I think that's very important. And I mean, like, right. like why, why would that be a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's just, it's like you're saying, like, the thing of, like, how people can learn and change. And the thing is, like, when stuff like this happens, it's very easy to be like, oh, trash. Like, mm-hmm. we do that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, the thing is, is people can change, but you can't just base your decisions on the fact that they will. Like, you have mm-hmm. to see the change happen and then be like, oh, people can change. It's not like, well, he beat up his girlfriend and, like, did this, but, like, people change. It's like, yeah, people change, but did he they? Hasn't. Like, that's the thing. So yeah. it's like, when stuff like that, people can learn, people can grow, but you can't just, like, operate off that was the really, assumption that they will. That was a really you know? salient point. Oh, and thank you so much. Sometimes I'm okay. I'm like, wow. Thank you so much. That was powerful. Thank you. Um, no, I think, yeah. I'm not gonna add anything of <laughs> relevance now. I mean... Whatever, it's fine. Zoe said it all. She's so smart. I'm just the smartest person. Welcome to Honestly with Zoe. Imagine not Logan. Imagine me doing a solo podcast. I would listen to it for five seconds and then turn it off. I'd be like, so, um, I'm going to start a scabbing podcast. Scatman with Zoe. Love it subscribe now on apple podcasts and wherever oh. you get your podcasts um fantastic fantastic what else is going on in this world of ours um zoe and i went to go see eighth grade oh, last week yes. and i would just like to dedicate some time to talk about it yeah let's <laughs> crack it open let me clap into the mic again that seems we haven't to be done it yet this week so it seems to be my new thing um so we talked about it last week on the podcast that we were going to see it we were very excited and we were preemptively and we're right yeah we were like preemptively reviewing the movie and like it all checks out friends um (laughs) so eighth grade is a new movie that's written and directed by bo burnham um who is uh somebody that i love and respect and cherish um and i wrote like a really lengthy twitter read it Read it now. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. I would just like to point out that Zoe is requesting me to do this. I was just going to say that I wrote a lengthy Twitter thread about my feelings. Also, can I just say that the movie theater we went to was such a strange experience? Okay, you know, before I get into my Twitter thread, uh, I have a bone to pick. I was going to out you, but I want to let you do it yourself. Yeah, you know what? This is my my story to tell. So I have a bone to pick with the Varsity Cinemas. On Boer Street, okay? So I had never been there before. I didn't know what to expect. I'm used to going to our lovely theater in good old Scarborough, where they know how to build a movie theater. They know how to construct one. So the theater that we normally go to, it's, to me, a typical theater where you walk in and you go upstairs (laughs) to get to the different seats. Okay? Like, that's that's, most theaters that I've been to. That's how they are. Yeah. Not this one. This one. You, <laughs> not this one, baby. Not this one, baby. You walk in and then go down. Yeah. Which you would think to oh. just like a sea of same height yeah. seating. So maybe you're thinking, well, that seems this, like just the reverse of what you said, but you're still elevated. No, because it's like the smallest. Who's going to? Oh, is it the call tree? Oh, I should probably answer. It's fine. They'll leave me a message. <laughs> um, sorry, I was getting a call. So it's like one of those things where you walk in, but it's like the slightest little like decline in the so we sat at the back because that's where we normally sit when you go see movies 
And I'm sitting there, and A, I'm like, I feel like I'm 87 million feet away from the screen. Because it was like this tiny little screen. It seemed very small for the the room it was in. And I was like, if anyone sits in front of me, I'm not going to be able to see. Because I could, like, I could see over the back of the seat in front of me, but, like, barely. (laughs) So we're sitting there before the show. It hasn't started yet. And, like, no one sat in front of us. But, like, the theater's getting progressively yeah. busier. And I'm going, Hogan, go get a booster seat. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's embarrassing. I'm an I'm an adult woman. Like, but you won't be able to see Logan. And I was like, well, it's fine. Like, if no one's in front of me, it's okay. But I was, like, getting progressively more stressed out. Yeah. Because I'm like, someone's going to sit in front of me. Yeah. So then finally, I was like, okay, I'll go get a booster seat. But the thing was. I was, I was like, like, we're going. Stand up. I was like, I didn't know where to get one. Because I didn't see any... Because, like, why would there be booster seats outside of 8th grade? Like, it's, like, a, not a movie for yeah. children, despite its name. So I was like, this means I have to, go, like, ask an employee for a booster yeah. seat. And I was like, I don't want to have that conversation. You pretend it's for a child. You like, would have figured it out. Like, my daughter is... Yeah. And I need She's a booster crying. seat. We need a booster seat. So anyway, Zoe accompanies me <laughs> to go get a booster seat because she's a true friend. Um, And thank God... They were there were some like stacked right outside the theater that I like didn't see on the yeah. way in, so I was able to like we never moved so quickly discreetly get a booster seat and like sneak back into the theater. Um, but part two of that is I have not sat in a booster <laughs> seat for I would say a solid decade or so, um, and I guess I don't know if the seats have gotten smaller. <laughs> Or what? Or my butt has become larger. Or perhaps I have gotten larger in the butt area. But, um... But, uh... I did not fit comfortably on that booster seat. There was some spillage of the butt variety. Oh, absolutely. And then also, it was weird because then at that point, my feet were dangling. Like, I couldn't touch the ground because I was (laughs) elevated on a booster seat. So then it's like... My feet were dangling, and I was, like, sliding <laughs> off the booster seat, and I, like, it was surfing USA. It was not the most comfortable movie-watching experience, but it was a great movie nonetheless. Also, when we walked into the theater, I hit my leg on one of the arms, tripped forward, and in the, you know when you trip and you kind of, like, run forward to catch your balance? In the running forward, I hit another arm, and then ran <laughs> hit another arm. So I ran into about five arms, and then, you know, what are you we gonna found do? our seats and sat down and enjoyed the movie. We just sat quietly and enjoyed our evening. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the movie itself. I will read my Twitter thread. Yes. As requested by Zoe. Read it. Read it. Let me find it. Um, okay. So... I started by saying, y'all mind if I get really into my feelings about Burr 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 Burnham Bo Burnham and eighth grade for a sec. Uh, so when I was in eighth grade, my older cousin, who I thought was like the absolute coolest, showed me I'm Boyo on YouTube. Oh yo. Um, and I like my thirteen year old mind was blown. Blown. I'm like not reading this verbatim no but just like the gist so i was like amazed that's like when i was first introduced to bo burnham and it was like truly like an amazing experience so then i met zoe in high school and we discovered that we had like this shared interest and we would literally spend like this was like pre 1d okay oh, yeah. so 
before we would spend hours watching One Direction videos, we spent hours <laughs> watching Bo Burnham videos and just like, and there was, like singing along. There's like not, there's not, not that, that many, many. <laughs> to spend hours watching. So it's like there was a lot of replay yeah, happening. Absolutely. And a lot of pausing and starting over. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and I really do think that those were like very formative moments in our friendship. And I think like as silly as it might sound to some of you, <laughs> judgmental. She's ready to fight. Idiots. Um, I think it's, like, a big reason of kind of, like, why we became such good friends. So, anyway, um, his comedy special, What, came out, and Zoe and I watched it together, and we were both like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then, a couple years later, Make Happy, which is his second comedy special, came out, and literally by the end of it, we were both in tears, (laughs) just sitting on Zoe's couch in her basement, sobbing, because... It was so emotional and yeah, beautifully done. Yeah, if you done. haven't watched that already, which I would hope that you have, please go watch it right now. They're both still on Netflix. Enjoy. Absolutely. Cry a little bit and laugh. Um, so then we went to go see 8th grade. And honestly, by the time it was over, I felt like I had ran like an emotional oh, marathon. Uh, like, it, you really just... The entire spectrum of emotions you kind of hit throughout the film. Yeah. Um. It was honest, hilarious, and heartbreaking, and it was really the type of movie that I wish I had when I was in eighth grade, or just a teenager in general. Um, Anyway, it's really weird to be proud of a person that you've never met before, but... Here we are. Here we are. I just feel like Bo Burnham has been such a big part of my life for the past decade, Yeah. Um, and it felt very full circle. Because, like, without him realizing it, he made a movie about yeah. the exact type of kid that I was when I started watching That was his my videos. favorite part of your, like, Twitter I'm thread. so poetic. Oh it's my because God. That, it's so accurate. Because it's so just, like, watching that, you're like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Like, every, pretty much every single, like, interaction she had, the pool party especially, was just, like oh my god yeah. like that's me like i was there that's the pool that, party i've been that to was me. I, and then i just kind of ended it by saying um elsie fisher who plays the protagonist of the film kayla uh is a treasure and seeing her performance as kayla was like looking in a mirror at my 14 year old self and all i wanted to do was hug her and give her the love that i didn't give myself at that age and then she liked it <laughs> and then she liked it which i thought was so cool i was like that's awesome um, um yeah. I saw I read an article in BuzzFeed News and like I screenshot some parts of it because I was just like this is very much my feelings towards it <laughs> but it's like eighth grade isn't about the unique obstacles of social media infused middle school because that's what everyone like mm-hmm. the every kind of like coverage of this whatsoever it's like about living in a new age of social media I'm like I don't really that's what it's about but okay <laughs> but work um all the challenges and slights are immediately recognizable to anyone who was ever a teenager in school they're just often but not always digitally mediated now which is yeah yes i said that to zoe like after we got out of the film <laughs> yeah. i was like i'm so glad that the only social media we had at that age was facebook like enough damage was done on facebook so much was done like, I cannot imagine having Snapchat at that oh. age, at Instagram at that age. Mm-mm. No, like I said to Logan, like, I would have been a viral video somewhere. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> fine. I was telling Logan a story about uh, how I remember now, like, you know when you look back on things and you're like, oh, they were making fun of me. Yeah, like, one the, of those things. It's the things. worst realization. Yeah, I was, like, in grade three and it was Halloween and I was dressed like a sniper. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was cute. I bet I you were. Cute. And I was dancing, and this lady, 
Chanel C. Mm. Shout out. <laughs> she's uh, like listening right she's now. Like I'm so sorry. Like I've changed. Um. Yeah. She's just like making me dance more. But now I'm like, oh, she was doing it because oh, she, she thought it was funny. funny. I get it. But another bit <laughs> was <laughs> Kayla doesn't suddenly become accepted or cool or charismatic. Her growth is about what one would expect from an actual 8th grader, which is to say she becomes mildly, mildly more accepting of the person she is and will become. At the end of the film, the popular girls are all still popular. Mm -hmm. The cute boy still lacks any discernible personality. (laughs) And awkwardness doesn't disappear so much as very, very gradually dissipate. Enduring 8th grade isn't about becoming an adult. It's about seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And 8th grade is the first movie I've seen that effectively captures that fleeting yet essential piece of hope. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was very, very accurate. Because it's like, yeah, any movie you see that's about a coming of age, like we talked about this already, but yeah. like, it's always like, oh, the nerdy guy goes on like a road trip to lose his virginity. The hot girl falls for him. He's suddenly cool by the end yeah. of it. And, like, a man. <laughs> He's a man. Right? Like, everything changes. Yeah. And it's just, like, that doesn't happen. Or it's, like, the nerdy girl, like, finally takes off her glasses. And, like, the hottest guy in school is like, oh, my God. You're she's hot beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. I'm suddenly not a dick. I'm yeah. great. It's just, like, I, I, yeah, like, I'm trying to think of another movie that I have seen that has resonated so deeply with me. Yeah. And I can't really think of one. There are a lot of coming age coming of age movies that I really like, but they're yeah. not I don't see myself in them. And I mean that's fine. Not all movies are made for me. Yeah. Um, but considering they're movies predominantly made about like white teenagers, like yeah. it's a little alarming that I don't see myself <laughs> exactly. in them. You know? It's like it's, how? It's like if they're not made for me, like who are they made for? <laughs> yeah. Um no one. it's like I love a good John Hughes movie, but it's like that's that wasn't my high school experience or you know like anything like that um like this was the first one where i i literally saw myself (laughs) and it was like they had all the actors were playing the age Mm -hmm. that they actually are i also i watched a little interview i don't know if you've seen it but it was with um bo burnham and elsie fisher and it was uh when it was the movie was playing at south by southwest um they were doing like an interview there yeah and the person who was interviewing them was saying what really struck like stuck out to me in the film was like the dialogue and how it sounded very much like how kids talk yeah um and what Bo and Elsie were saying is that uh like Elsie got her script for the day like the day of Mm -hmm. like and Bo didn't want her to memorize it like he wanted it to be very much like how someone actually how somebody would talk and like i think like the ums and alls like they were written into the script but he's just like i wanted her to have to think about it i didn't want it to like come so easily to her because like that's that's always the thing gets me and it's like i always think about it a lot um with dawson's creek which is a show that i watched growing up and you know it's supposed to be like these teenagers but they're talking like (laughs) they're talking more eloquently than like most adults and it's, like, they're, like, throwing out, like, these references and, like, these <laughs> words. And, like, they're so, like, existential. Yeah. It's, like, that's not how teenagers talk. So it was, like, no. so refreshing to see a movie. <laughs> it was so refreshing to see a movie where it's, like, this 13, 14-year-old just talking like a 13, yeah. 14-year-old. No. It's, yeah, because that's one thing that I can't stand when I'm watching, like, anything. And it's both 
say something, I'm like, who ever has ever talked like that? Right? In the history of the world. Like, no. who has ever spoken like that? No one like, has ever put those words together No, in that like order. That. No. No one speaks like that. Like, it never sounds like a conversation. It no. sounds like a scripted conversation. Exactly. Like, yeah. And that's, like, with eighth grade, it was very much like, Zoe and I have had this conversation yeah. before, where it's, like, in movies, it's always, like, that perfect timing between when people yeah. are speaking. And it's, like, conversations don't go like that. I mean, like, you listen to this podcast, like, we interrupt each other constantly. Yeah, that's how people talk. They talk over each other. They start a sentence, stop someone else talks. Yeah. And like, but it's it, like in movies, it's like this perfect, like I finish my sentence and as soon as I'm done, this other yeah. person. Like, it's like, hey, are you going to the grocery store? Yes, I am going to the grocery store. Oh, when you're at the grocery store, do you mind picking up bananas? Bananas. Yes, I will get them at the <laughs> grocery store. It's like no one. People don't talk like, like that. that. And so like in eighth grade, like there were ums and there were ahs and there were people interrupting each other and there were conversations that sounded like real conversations. And there was silence. <laughs> there were awkward silences. And it was, I was also saying this to Zoe after we saw it, but like, I'm the type of person that I get secondhand embarrassment really, really yeah. easily. Like there are certain things that I just, like I can't watch like American Idol auditions, like the bad ones. Cause like yeah. I like cringe so yeah. hard that like it makes me upset. Chewing gum. I, chewing like... gum was a show that I could not watch because it made me cringe so hard. <laughs> There was something about eighth grade, but despite the fact that there were parts of it that were extremely awkward and embarrassing, I think it was just because, like, part of me could relate <laughs> yeah, so heavily thing. to it that I was like, oh, this isn't making me as uncomfortable yeah. as it probably should. And it was like, the parts, <laughs> the parts where I was uncomfortable, I would just, like, put my hands up over my face and just be laughing. Yeah. Because, like, you knew what was going to happen next because you have been there. Yeah. Like, it, it, oh, it was so good. I can't. And then, of course, we were sobbing. Oh, yeah. Openly again. Wiping tears off my chest. Just moisturizing my chest. I was just, like, not so silently sobbing. Yeah. And Zoe just, like, <laughs> reaches into her bag and, like, hands me a piece of, like, toilet I paper. I toilet paper in half, which I felt like was the loudest sound in the world. And I was just like, uh. uh. I was like, thank you. Oh, it was so good. I can't talk about it enough no i mean like we really could have spent like this entire podcast just like breaking yeah. it down um but it's being uh it's wide release i think on august 3rd yeah. so please 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 go see it <laughs> just please um it deserves all the awards and all just recognition that it's a great movie and you should see it and invest your time. It was absolutely fantastic. It's um, one of my favorites for this month. Yeah. And then also, I was telling Zoe about this before we started recording, but I was watching um, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah yesterday, which I have not watched in absolute eons, but Bo was on it. Uh, he was the special guest. And it was just, it was so interesting to hear him talk about it because kind of, a, you know, the general question was like, how did you make a movie about being a 13-year-old girl when you are a fully grown man? And Bo was just kind of talking about how when he was kind of, like, at the peak of, like, his comedy career and, like, doing, like, you know, I'll say stand-up, but what he does isn't traditional stand-up. Like, he would literally be having, like, panic attacks on stage and, like, he'd be talking about his feelings and, like, 13-year-old girls would come up to him afterwards <laughs> and be like, like too. be like, I'm feeling how yeah. you're feeling. And so he's just, like, somewhere along the way, like, I just became, like, a comedian for 13-year-old yeah. girls. He was on uh, The View today, which, as I mentioned, my mom watches and I will watch. Um, And he was talking about that, too, and I was just, like, he would get, he said that, um, like, he thinks that performance anxiety and just like stage fright has become like an ingrained part of being a teenager mm-hmm. 
because it's like you're constantly performing. Yeah. Just and every day, like you have to have a good like profile on mm-hmm. Instagram. Like everything has to be curated yeah. and just like perfect. And it's like so. Yeah, it became a comedian for thirteen year old girls. I love it. I yeah, I love it so much. I love him so much. Yeah. Um. I. He's the best. Thank you. <laughs> that was such a good movie. I really like it. Just really. <sighs> so good. So good. So I'm gonna start so crying good. again thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, the next like twenty minutes <laughs> will just be us crying. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy our tears. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> insatiable. Ooh, we wanna... Right. Yes. Yikes. That thing. Um. So, we talked about it a bit on the last episode, about how Netflix has a new um, show called Insatiable that's about a fat girl in high school who gets punched in the face Mm -hmm. by a grown man, gets her jaw wired shut, loses a bunch of weight, and becomes, quote-unquote, hot, Mm -hmm. and then seeks revenge on people. Yeah. Um, And so, understandably so... There's been a lot of backlash. Really? I can't see why there would um, be. Yeah, no, I don't I don't get it. Seems like a perfectly good it's socially acceptable so great. concept for a film, movie, um, TV show. Who knows? Really, what is it? <laughs> Garbage uh, is what it is. Um, but your fat friend, which is a writer that we bring up often because mm-hmm. they write really good things, um, did a piece called to the writers of insatiable from a fat high schooler who stayed fat (laughs) and it was so good and so accurate and it starts off by talking about something that i think i had just like repressed in my mind because like she mentioned it and then i was like oh my god i remember vividly watching this on tv and being like oh no i'm uncomfortable in my body because uh, the tyra bank show yeah did a piece where tyra was put in a fat suit and walked the streets uh and yes. there was like a video camera following her like day to day and like how many people are just like hurling insults at yeah. her and i was like oh wow <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah but this part i was like oh wow is she talked about how when Tyra, here I'll just read it. <laughs> After her undercover footage played, the camera returned us to the studio where Tyra sat flanked by two fat women, ostensibly brought on the show to share their own experiences. But just the sight of that undercover footage had Tyra in tears, wrought with emotion after one day in a fat suit that she readily peeled off. The fat women consoled her, their hands on her back as she wept on stage. She had spent one day in a padded suit, one day absorbing fat hate. These women had spent a lifetime with it. Still, the supermodel needed comforting. So the fat women did what fat women are expected to do. They comforted a thin woman in distress, terrified of what would become of her if she ever looked like them. And I was just Mm. like, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. It just very much, this whole, I just can't, this whole show is just such a bad idea it's from start so to finish. problematic. I have so many screen caps of this friggin' article because I just can't deal with it. Like, I can't come up with my own. No, it's, I mean, it's like, why would you when you can just, like, read? Yeah, 
writing from somebody that's else like who did impeccable, such a good job. Right? I'm like, I don't have eloquent things to say about it other than it's it's <laughs> garbage. It's garbage and it's irresponsible and it's dangerous yeah. and it's gross. Uh, like above just, all else, it's gross. It's just gross. Um, one of the lines is like a sentence literally where I was like, yeah, this is all that this is about. Is that only becoming thin made their stories worth telling. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the storyline could have been exactly the same with her remaining the same weight mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. It could have been like, oh, she was bullied at school one summer, discovers that there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah. And these people are garbage people. And she goes and back she and she's like, all. I'm gonna end you all. You yeah. will see. Like, it could have stayed the exact same. That's something like, I think I said that in last week's episode where it's just like, it, she... That that would have been a worthwhile show. Yeah. Like, just some fat girl who uh, realizes, without the help of the attention of some guy, or yeah. falling off a bike at Soul Cycle, Amy Schumer, I see you, or whatever. <laughs> like, maybe just her realizing, hey, I'm fat, but I'm enough. Yeah. Like, I am great, and it I can have, have confidence. Been, yeah. And then she could have seeked revenge on all these terrible people. And it would have changed the story so much. So much. And it would have been, like... Yeah, no one is saying go out and, like, seek revenge on people. Like, <laughs> Logan wants you to murder people <laughs> is what we're getting from this. No, it's like, no one is saying to do that. But it's, like, the same thing as, like, Heathers. Like, mm. you know, it's just, like, a fun yeah. trope for TV. Exactly. Like, it's, it's not It's real. one of those things that, like, yes, it's bad to seek revenge on people. But, like, there are a lot of people who can relate to that feeling of being bullied or being ostracized and just being like, oh, I hope something bad happens to, like, the bitchy popular girls. Yeah. I hope they get their comeuppance. Yeah. We don't want them to choke down lighter yeah. fluid and die. But, like, you know. You know yeah. <laughs> I do. Maybe, like, they get a bad haircut or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, no. Like, that. yeah, it could have remained the same. I'm going to read you another blurb from do. this. Because she's talking more about, like, she talks about Shallow Hal. Oh, and God. And she talks about, like, Dr. Oz on one of his shows wearing a fat suit, too, and, like, going out into the street. Some people love to put fat suits oh, on. right? Like, it's like, oh, You love fun. being fat so much, you gain weight. <laughs> Do you remember a Lifetime movie called Fat Like Me? The name sounds kind of familiar. Okay. I remember watching that and being like, what is this? Like, what am I watching? It's like, this girl reads the book Black Like Me. And it's like, what if we did this, but about fat people? I, Kaylee Cuoco, will put on this fat suit and roam the streets. I, Kaylee Cuoco. (laughs) Like, she put on a fat suit. And she, like, just goes to a different high school. And the high school's in on it. And none of the kids know, but, like, the teachers know. It's just so... Yeah. Anyway, she's just talking about, like... Lifetime okay? (laughs) Never. Never. Just on a side note. So she's talking about all these, like shows and movies like that where it's like people just put on a fat suit to like get it um whoever these fat suit characters were the message to me as a young fat woman was clear if i stayed fat i was destined to be the butt of every joke categorically undesirable and unlovable a social pariah who was lucky to have any friends at all i learned that i was repulsive no matter how i dressed what i accomplished or who i was i learned that my personhood would always be overshadowed by my body I learned that my only redemption could come from getting thin, and no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't seem to get thin. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I I mean, like, this is something that we've talked about many, many times on this podcast, but, like, it just perpetuates that idea that 
if a fat person can't lose weight and become thin, then they are a failure. Yeah. But the gag is being, like, being thin does not have to be somebody's end game. No. And that's the thing. It's always, it's like every fat person on TV ever, in a movie ever, Mm -hmm. any kind of media representation at all has been with that as the end. Yeah. It's like fat people only exist to become thin. Yeah. <laughs> like to be like a before and after picture mm. and that's their only reason for existing. Um and then she's talking about like thin people needing that to make them feel better about yeah. themselves and said they needed to believe that they as thin people had done what fat people could not. They needed to believe that their bodies weren't simply bodies but trophies for their work to outsmart fatness. They longed to believe that they were stronger, smarter, more determined, more tenacious, and more hardworking than the fat people they depicted. These weren't stories of the failures of fat people. They were stories about the supremacy of thinness. Ooh, tell them. Yeah. It's just, I literally have three more paragraphs to read to you because I can't sum it up better than this. I have never seen the real life of a fat person on screen. I have only seen fat stories written by thin writers, Mm. acted by thin actors, and directed by thin directors. At every turn, thin people control the stories about fatness that are told on the biggest stages, amplified with the biggest speakers, broadcast with the strongest antennae, and often they tell the stories to make them feel best. Stories that lift thinness up not as one of the many natural body types, but as a badge of honor. Earned by only those strong and smart enough to tame the wilds of their bodies. Yeah. <sighs> and then the last, the last like part of the whole article was more like that was the earlier part was like more written like it was like t- teaching you because there's statistics about how like eighty five percent of American employers said they wouldn't hire a fat woman, like just like real statistics about like real discrimination that fat people face on like a day to day basis, and then. The second half of the article was more written, like, to the people who are in charge of Insatiable. And she's like, I don't know you. I don't know if you've ever been fat. I don't know if you ever will be fat. Like, But she said, I know that whether you want to or not, you are telling a story that will be visited upon me and millions of other fat people around the world. Many of whom have lived with the trauma and abuse that comes from not just feeling as if they are fat but from being an actually fat person in a world that is terrified and disdainful of bodies as large as ours. I do not know you and you do not know me, but whether you want to or not, you are telling my story and you're doing it on a larger stage than I have ever had. I just hope you won't forget me. And that was the last bit of the article. Ooh, girl. It's just, like I was talking to Logan earlier, I was like, it's not... Oh, Debbie's apology or, like, statement, not even apology. Oh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Um, Debbie Ryan Mm -hmm. came out with, like, a statement because it, someone started a petition to, to, like, get Netflix to drop (laughs) the show, and so, like, they kind of had to say something. Um, I wish they had It would have been better to just Um, stay silent. But, like, after I sent it to Logan, and I was just like, it's... Not your story. Not to your story tell. to tell. So, like, any way you tell it is not good. Yeah. Because it doesn't belong to you and you have never been there. Like, here, this is like the easiest, like, the simplest way to sum this up. If you are not part of a marginalized community, 
you do not have the right to tell a story about the marginalized community. What? Scarlett Johansson is shaking. Scarlett Johansson cannot comprehend. <laughs> but it's like, like, my ears stopped working suddenly. Like, as a white person, I do not have the right to tell the story about a black woman. Yeah. I do not, as a straight person, I do not have the right to yeah. tell a story about a transgendered person. Like, this is... Yeah. It's not that hard to comprehend. No, it's not, but apparently... It is. This is what Debbie had to say. As someone who cares deeply about the way our bodies, especially women's, are shamed and policed in society, I was so excited to work on Insatiable because it's a show that addresses and confronts those ideas through satire. (laughs) Satire is a way to poke fun at the hardest things, bring darkness into light, and enter difficult conversations. (laughs) That was my favorite part of the entire apology was when she... Uh, define satire. Like, thank you. I Thanks, Debbie Ryan. I have to laugh at my pain. Otherwise, okay, this is a problem here already, as if this wasn't already a problem. But like, I have to laugh at my pain. You're not laughing at your pain. You're laughing at fat people and assuming that because they're fat, they're in pain. Yeah. Because they're like, and <sighs> listen, Debbie, here's the thing. You've been famous for a long time. I have watched you grown up on screen. <laughs> Uh, you've never been fat. No. So this is not your struggle no. or whatever. No. I have to laugh at my pain. Otherwise, I'll dissolve and weep and get stuck instead of working through it. It's a coping mechanism. And I, for a lot of, and, and for a lot of people who are telling these stories, a healing mechanism. Over the last few days, I've seen how many voices are protective and fiercely outspoken about the themes that come into play in the story. I'm grateful for that and comforted by it because I want the stories told right too. Okay. 12 years, 12 years into my own struggles with body image, struggles that took me in and out of terrible places I never want to go again, things I choose every day to leave behind. I was drawn to the show's willingness to go to real places about how difficult and scary it can be to move through the world in a body, whether you're being praised or criticized for its size. There's nothing hard about moving through life being praised for your body. That There's nothing hard about that. Everyone just thinks I'm so absolutely gorgeous I'm just so and beautiful and it stops me from doing thin. so much. And everybody just really gives me a hard time about it. I know. I'm so sorry. That must be so hard for you. I'm a fighter. <laughs> You're so strong. It was very important to Lauren Gussis, our writer and showrunner from whose brain and heart and life the character of Patty was born, as well as to me that any scenes where Patty was heavier, not fat, heavier, Mm -hmm. don't use her size as a punchline. And never justify the abuse she suffers. I'm so so sorry. I know that there's more, but I just need, I need... Because that's a blatant lie. Oh, it's just, just from the trailer. Based on alone. the trailer, because they call her Fatty Patty, and yeah, that's no. like a joke. No, that's but not. sure. It's never a butt of the joke. Fatty Patty is just her name, Logan. First name Fatty, last name Patty. It's on her birth certificate. Look it up. <laughs> this is so stupid. I can't even. The humor is not in the fat shaming or thin shaming. That doesn't exist. <laughs> Slut shaming, virgin shaming, glam shaming for fans of Aries season Aries. I don't watch The Bachelor. Season of The Bachelor. (laughs) 
The redemption is in identifying the bullies and saying, this is not okay. You could say this is not okay without doing anything, but that's fine. Patty had the same brain, the same sense of humor and style, soul and heart, and the same chucks. But felt she didn't matter to anyone until she was thin. Oh, chucks like shoes. Like shoes. No, the cut of meat on yeah. her fat body. Honestly, like, I read the apology, and, like, I, like when I read it, I registered she was talking about shoes, but when you said chucks, I literally thought of meat. And talking I was about like, giant thighs. <laughs> she didn't have the same opportunities, and she was treated worse, which is what triggers her rage. <laughs> and Patty doesn't start, that's what, you tri- know what triggers our rage. <laughs> Patty doesn't starve herself skinny. She snaps and undergoes a physical transformation. It because she was punched starving. in the face and was forced not to eat. But it doesn't make her happy. We're not in the we're not in the business of fat shaming. We're out to turn a sharp eye on broken harmful systems that equate thinness with worth. I want more women to keep telling their stories and through that face the gutting realities that bog us down every day. I'm grateful to be on a show by whip-smart female creators that aims to dissect the insidious pressures we place on young women. I hope fans will wait and watch the show before passing judgment. If you go for this ride, I think you'll recognize both yourself and the things that make you mad about our fractured and beauty-obsessed culture. Fat and beautiful can exist at the same time, Debbie. (laughs) Did you like my song? Okay, so real quick, I want to touch on something that sticks out to me. She mentions going through, you know, uh, her own body struggles. Her own body struggles. Yeah. Girl, I can relate. Everyone's been there. But here's the thing. Uh, Just because you went through body struggles does not mean you went through the struggle of being fat. Yeah. It's very different. And I'm saying this as someone who for a long time really hated the way that I looked, but I was never fat. Mm -hmm. I never had to deal with um, all the negativity and hate. That just like just all the all the, the things. deep seated hate that yeah. society seems to have for fat people. The KJ yeah. Appas of the world telling us <laughs> we should he die. He wants them to die. Kill me, KJ. <laughs> Come fight me. <laughs> oh, so I like, just sorry. There's nothing funny about what <laughs> KJ Appa liked on Instagram. Like it's literally the most disgusting thing. No, like it's absolutely but I'm horrifying. So filled with like horror and rage about it that my only my only reaction is bursting out laughing thinking about it it's like he wants five people to die die. (laughs) that's crazy um like here's the thing if it was a story about a girl who was struggling with body image that's one thing but it's a girl who is in a fat suit they are portraying her as fat Debbie, you've never been fat. I'm sorry that you were insecure and body conscious and not body confident, but that is not the same thing. No. As, like, society would look at you and still think, she's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone has the luxury. Also, Alyssa Milano had a statement also, because someone on Twitter said, really? So she wasn't able to take revenge until she was conventionally attractive? This is disgusting. You're a face of the women's movement, and this? Shame on you. And Alyssa Milano said, We're not shaming Patty. We're addressing, through comedy, the damage that occurs from fat shaming. I hope that clears it up. Also, this article does a good job of explaining it more, and then linked a Teen Vogue article about Insatiable. 
Sorry, could she have defined comedy? I'm just not sure. I really, I wish Debbie was here to tell us. (laughs) Um, And then someone whose current Twitter name made me laugh. Their at is I write all day underscore. And it's Clarkisha Kent, which I enjoyed because Clark Kent. Clarkisha Kent. That's funny. Um, She said, straight up, bro, are you fat? Have you ever been fat? Have you ever had to exist in a fat body? Where people assume you're schlebby, sloppy, unattractive, and unintelligent because you're fat. Have people concerned trolled you because you're overweight, knowing damn well they would, wouldn't do the same if you were thin, even if you ate straight up shit? The, ti- the titular? The titular. Character of this project, via this promo, literally doesn't show any good or useful qualities, that last one is telling, until she is no longer fat and thus hot because skinny. Mm. All her intelligence, attractiveness, etc. is attributed to a new and thinner body. And that's really, and that's the bad on that. It's just, it's not working for me, you guys. No, it's a no for me. I will have to pass. Uh, don't love it. Don't like it. Don't care for it at all. Won't Um, be watching it. Also, like, your fat suit doesn't look realistic. (laughs) They never do. And that's just another thing on top of it, where I'm like, really? Couldn't even get a good one? (laughs) You couldn't, couldn't even invest the money. Be convincing, like in This Is Us. I didn't know. I know. I didn't know. Be better with your fat shaming. Be best. Be best. If anything, if you take away anything from this episode, be best. It's so trash. That's all. It is, uh, yeah. The most trash. <sighs> Speaking of unsolicited advice, people give fat people. Do you want to dive into our unsolicited advice corner? Let me pull it up. I'll let you read it because I've read 18,000 things. Yeah, you've done a lot of reading, which I respect and appreciate. Okay, so as per usual, uh, we're doing unsolicited advice. This is from Friendship Advice on Reddit. User Mega Ultra Gel Jesus. (laughs) Jealous? I thought it said jealous. Oh. Mega Ultra Jesus. Jesus. Cool. Uh, And the topic or title is Friends Judging Me. Uh, So recently, I've been having this issue where within my group of friends, in brackets, all from high school and 22, there are a decent few who really like to use pejorative terms as just zero thought insults and childish shit like that. You know, calling people, for example, a gay slur. And calling things that they don't like gay. And even using the N-word. This continually makes me feel uncomfortable and I cringe when I'm around this kind of stuff. Anytime I express how it makes me uncomfortable or how I think you don't need to use those words to insult somebody or judge something that doesn't even matter, they mock me and get aggressive about it. None of them are truly bigoted. They just say these things because, quote unquote, it's just a word. I'm scared to just drop any of them because it's my only friend group and I'm really socially awkward and feel like I can't find people with similar interests and humor without them being problematic in some way. Is there anything I can do? This realization has made me sort of depressed because other than my other oh other than my significant other, I feel like I have no true best friends. Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> Open to the floor. <laughs> Questions, comments, concerns. Um well, I don't think it's true first of all that they're not bigoted. Because if they weren't, I don't believe they would be using those words. Just so, like, 
off the tongue. Yeah, I think the thing is, <laughs> the gag, the gag is as she applies her lip balm. Sorry. Um, when Zoe and I were in elementary school, for example, people using "gay" as an insult yeah. was very popular. Yes, people using the R word as All an insult was very popular. Um, these are things that at a certain point most of us learned were unacceptable and not appropriate and we took them out of our vocabulary um the reason we used them was not to be hurtful it was just because we didn't know any better it was so like ingrained in the way people our age were talking exactly it was just what we did but then once you get a little bit older educate yourself and you realize oh this is actually very harmful to use this kind of language in this way i'm gonna stop doing that um if you are telling your friends to not use the N-word, I'm assuming they're white yeah. because you made a point of saying they use the yeah. N-word. Um, if you are telling them not to use that word because it is derogatory, it yeah. is uh, not appropriate it for white people to be using. It makes you uncomfortable. And they are not understanding that, then, yeah, I think they're kind of bigoted. Yeah. That's really <laughs> as simple as that gets. And, like... It's easier said than done in any sort of way. But if your friends are making you feel uncomfortable and, like, making you have, like, internal, like, turmoil. Yeah. Like, should I be friends? Probably best to just, like, move on out. You brought it up, I assume. It mm-hmm. sounds like you brought it up. And they didn't care. Yeah. That's so the thing. not much you can do after that. Like, I, from the sounds of it, you've tried to educate them and told them why they shouldn't be using these words. If they're refusing to change or they don't see why it's not good, then I don't think you need them anymore. Yeah, no, I don't think it's doing anything for anyone, but. Like, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, you know, something like a political view or just like moral and ethical views that people have. Like, those can really get in the way. Like, if I know somebody who is white and they're using the N-word, I'm going to be like, yeah, mm, um, no. you shouldn't be doing that. And if I explain to them why they shouldn't be doing that, and, and they're, they still, continue to they're do still it. like, okay, but, like, it's a fun word, so I'm going to keep using it. But if like, I say it with a soft Yeah, a, right? Like, like, they're like, what if I don't use the hard R? Yeah. It's like, it's, no. no. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying it. That shouldn't be a discussion. Like, I personally could not continue to be friends with somebody who used the f word the r word the n word stuff like that so casually yeah um or at all yeah really yeah um because that's just not something i personally agree with and it sounds like that's not what that person agrees with so just find people who yeah agree with you they're out there find them like Maybe your significant other has a big friends, group of friends. Yeah. Get in on that. You know, if you work somewhere, if you're in school still, like there are other people out there who are a bit more woke, if you will. Um, <laughs> if you will. And who won't use derogatory pejorative terms. Yeah. Like that. So. But hey, that's all. That's all we would say. That's just some advice. Some yeah. unsolicited Unsolic- advice. We need like a jingle. Na 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 jingle na. Jingle Jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. Oh my god. KJ, he's back. Oh god. That's gonna be a plot line in season three. He's gonna <laughs> kill fat people on the show. With jingle jangle? Yeah. Shall we get into our July favorites? Let's do it. Go forth. Oh, me? 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 Um, already mentioned it. 
had a whole segment about it, but eighth grade. Mm-hmm. The best movie. Um, late to it, but started watching it and finished it on Netflix. Nailed it. It's right. like a show where they get, pre- it's bakers, amateur bakers. They get presented with like a cake or something made by a professional yeah. and then they have to recreate it. And then the winner gets $10,000. And it's just so hilarious because it all looks so wrong by the end of it you're like that's not how that was supposed to look <laughs> but they tried and it's just like it's one of those shows you'll watch and be like crying laughing yeah. at how terrible the oh thing at the God. end looks it's great i love it um also on netflix i just started watching it i'm only about like three episodes in but it's called dark tourist oh i just saw that on netflix yeah, every day and it's i was like what really is that? good this guy goes and travels the world and goes to different, like, tourist attractions that are, like, not your average, like, not, like, the CN Tower or something. Sure, like, yeah. he goes, he went to, like, where all the narco stuff happened. Ah. And goes to, like, the compounds and things like that. And he went to somewhere in, um, I think it was Mexico, where it was, like, this new religion that's kind of popping up that a lot of other religions there are, like, no. Yeah. Don't talk to them. Like, it's a cult. Like, they worship, like, the devil, basically. It's, like, death that they worship. So he, like, goes to all those places. Mm. And it's just very interesting. He went somewhere in Japan that was, like, hit by a nuclear disaster and, like, visited the actual place with his, like, monitor that says, like, what the radiation levels are. And he's like, should we be here? I don't think we should be here. So that's really good. I think it's going to be interesting. Like, I've only watched three, but it's so far so good. interesting. Also, really dumb one, but I saw it on Twitter and it made me laugh so hard. But the National Aquarium of New Zealand has boards for penguins of the month. Oh my god, yes. And they have, like, the good penguin and the naughty penguin of the month and what they did to get them that spot. Uh, and it's just, please Google that if you haven't seen it. I'm, sh- I'm sure you have. It's all over the internet. It's but, amazing. Like, please go look at that because it brought me so much joy. And I just think everyone needs to see it. It was so wonderful. <laughs> Those are my July faves. Fantastic. What are yours? Um, so yeah, eighth grade, obviously we spent a hefty amount of time <laughs> talking about it. Also the segment on the Daily Show with Bo Burnham with Trevor Noah was fantastic. Um uh what else? Oh, I talked about it last week, I think, or the week before, but We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby. I finally finished reading that. Um, and it was how you say amazing. <laughs> how you say. Uh, it was extremely, like, honest and, like, heart-wrenching and hilarious. It, again, it kind of just, like, hit all the emotions <laughs> on the spectrum. It was fantastic. Um, and I since bought her first book because I thought that that Meaty. was her first book. Uh, her first one's actually Meaty, which I have bought and I'm very excited to read. Um, also, a reedy thing, Amanda Fortini's <laughs> profile on Michelle Williams for Vanity Fair, which just oh, came I out today. today. Uh, and I read it and it was... Phenomenal. I love Michelle Williams so much. Again, I grew up watching Dawson's Creek, so uh, it was just, it was a really good profile. I feel like a lot of the times, like, celebrity profiles are, like, stupid. Um, <laughs> how you say. How you say uh, stupid, but it was really fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Um, music faves. Uh, voice notes by Charlie Puth. Running around, running around, running around, throwing that turtle on my knee. Okay. Logan thought it said turtle on my knee. I dirt all on my name. Yes. <laughs> and that makes me happy. That's my July fave, That's too. the ultimate fave. Yeah, we were watching, uh, like, a 
do they know modern music or something? Yeah. Like the Fine Bros. And it was that song. And I didn't know what it was. Uh, this was like a couple weeks ago. And oh, how the tables have Oh, turned. how the mackles have moored. And so I literally thought he said turtle on my knee. And it's like one of those things where like I knew logically yeah. that's not what he said. But, but I turned, there was a chance. I turned and looked at oh, Zoe all serious dead in the too. eyes. And, like, and I was like, turtle? And I was like, no, but I wish he had. Uh, so anyway, since then, I've listened to his entire album. Um, and I love it. It is... Oh, it's so good. There's like two songs, two two or three songs on it that I like don't. There's, <laughs> he did like, a no. duet with Boys to Men that's like oh, really Boys to Men. <laughs> it's really <laughs> sappy. It's like a ballad. There's like oh. three ballads, and I'm like no, so I just like <laughs> deleted those. I'm like I don't need that in my life. They never happened. They never happened. I the rest of the album though is phenomenal. It's like Sean Mendes, but like more fun and like a little Ooh. bit like edgier and Ooh. like. I mean, like, edgy, and I mean, like, that's, like, a bit of a stretch, but it's really good, like, pop music, but, like, it has, like, some R&B vibes to it. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Also, I started following him on Instagram, and he's very, very attractive. Yeah. Uh, anyway, second music fave is, um, King Princess. I feel like I'm super late to this, because I'm, like, not cool when it comes to music. Like, I listen to Charlie Puth and Shawn Mendes most of the time. How dare you slander? Um, I'm Mendes. just like I'm very into like the mainstream, except I don't know modern music. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on. Um, but King Princess, uh, she's like this like pop artist, and she has an album out called Make My Bed, and it's like five or six songs. She's phenomenal. I'm obsessed with her. She's like the coolest. She's like 19 or something, and I'm like, you're so yeah. rad. Um, so I highly recommend that. My two favorite songs off of it, I think, are probably Holy and 1950, which Harry Styles tweeted about. Oh. That's the whole reason that I, like, found out who she was, because I saw an article the other day about, it was, like, her responding to the to fact Harry. that he tweeted out lyrics yeah. to her song. And I was like, what is this? What's going on? Who's <laughs> King Princess? Uh, and then I looked it up, and yeah, like, back in March, he, like, tweeted out the lyrics to the song. And so I was like, well, let me listen to this. And I'm like, these are such bops. <laughs> Um, yeah, so those are my, uh, July favorites. I'm gonna have to listen to both of those things now. Because I only know the turtle on my knee song. The album is so good. I really, some standouts for me. Oh, God. I really like, he has a song with Kalani, is that how you say yeah, her name? I think so. Uh, I like that one. And then also the one's called Boy, I think. Um... Just some bops Boppity. to get lost in. Stop. Anything else? I think that's it for me. I think that's it. Okay. Well, you can follow us on all the things being Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HonestlyPod or slash HonestlyPod at Facebook. At Facebook? On, on Facebook. Facebook. I love how, regardless of when I do this, I mess something up. It's you fine. Know? Go with it. Um, you can email us. At the honestly podcast at gmail.com. I almost yes. said dot wixite.com. But speaking of which, we have a website which is the honestly slash home. Logan just dabbed, you can't see it, but just think of her dabbing but when you know that it happened. It happened. And dab home. <laughs> dab home. Um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you screenshot your review and email it to us, we'll send you a little sticker. You'll get a sticker. 
Limidish. Lim Baby Dish. And uh, we have merch. You can check it out on the website or the Honestly Podcast. No? Honestlypod.threadless.com. What is going on? I don't know any of our things. I don't know a thing about a thing. (sighs) Darn. Is that it then? That's all. All right. Bye. Bye.